0: You're listening to Frankly Speaking, weekly primary care insights for your practice, brought to you by PrimeMed.
1: Welcome, you're listening to PrimeMed's podcast series, Frankly Speaking, and I'm your host, Frank Domino. I'm a family physician here at the University of Massachusetts Medical School in Worcester, Massachusetts. Joining me today is Susan Feeney. She is an assistant professor in the Graduate School of Nursing at the University of Massachusetts Medical School here in Worcester. She did her undergraduate training at McGill and has done her training around the United States. Since coming here, she is focusing on preventive strategies in healthcare, uh, adolescent health, and evidence-based practice. We'll be speaking today about feeding children in the first year of life. Welcome to the show, Susan.
0: Good to be here, thank you, Frank.
1: Our objectives for today's session are to talk a bit about feeding uh, children in the first year of life, look specifically at children who are at high risk for atopic disorders, and conclude with some take-home messages for both ourselves and our clinical practice and parents. So Susan, can you talk a bit about what the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends currently with regards to introductions of solids to children in the first year of life? Sure.
0: there's been actually some uh, a lot of work on this in the last uh, few years, and and the recommendations are really to begin to compl- what they call complementary feeding, um, starting be somewhere between four and six months of age. Um, there's a strong push for exclusive breastfeeding, and then to uh, introduce foods sort of slowly over that time. Um, the uh, World Health Association, interesting, has really come out with strong wording to keep uh, breastfeeding exclusive until six months. But the American Academy has said four to six, four to six months. Um, what's interesting is there's been a lot of research into food allergies, and you know we know that we've all, if you've practiced in this field for any length of time, um, there's been uh, certain foods that we've been very protective of, eggs. Peanut butter uh, and possibly waiting till 12 months of age to introduce. Um, There's been some research that has come forward that showed that that might be problematic and um, that the the withholding of some of that may actually cause or may be causative in developing allergies in kids.
1: So actually, We've been doing it maybe wrong. Withholding has actually made the situation worse.
0: It it appears that that might be the case. Um, Let me just talk about a a trial, and you you may have heard of it. uh, There was a trial back in 2008 that was out of England. It was an observational study, actually. And it was on Ashkenazi Jewish kids, and they had a cohort of kids who were born and raised in London, and a cohort of kids who were born and raised in um, Tel Aviv and they found that the peanut allergy was significantly less in the kids from Tel Aviv as opposed to the kids born and raised in the, in the UK and this was interesting because you, you know genetically very similar folks right same sort of risk factors you would imagine and what they looked at is there was um, a withholding of peanuts in UK, the, the, the strategy and the policy for the pediatrics there was somewhere between one to two years of introduction at age, introducing it one to two years. Uh, but in Tel Aviv, the kids actually started eating a, a product, I think it's called Bamba, uh, that's a peanut um, at as early as six months. So that, left, that led to the LEAP trial, learning early access to peanuts or something. Um, where they, they had a very strict protocol and they looked at kids, you know, general population and those kids who were high risk, kids with atopic dermatitis and that type, uh, atopic rather, dermatitis. Um, and they found that by um, introducing peanuts between, you know, starting at four months to 11 months, that there was a significant decrease in peanut allergies or what they said were an increase in peanut tolerance. Um, The one thing that came across that stunned me because, you know, as a primary care provider, we we are are intimately involved with the care of our patients and we want to do what's best for them. And what I found is that there's right now there's like one to three percent peanut allergies in developing countries. And, and if you have child, if children in school, it seems like it's much greater than that. I have friends who sure. are school nurses, and it it runs the cafeteria, right? It does. Um, and it and what I found in the research is that only about twenty five percent of these kids will sort of quote unquote outgrow this allergy. So seventy five percent of these kids will have um, this peanut allergy for their life, and it will impact them in every uh, you know in every way social mm-hmm. and environmental and and health wise. So primary prevention is really the The key, and the Leap trial has sort of indicated that um, even for kids we consider high risk, that we should um, really think about this early introduction. Um, And another thing that came out in the literature that I was looking at is that a recent study showed only that 0.5 percent of U.S. kids were introduced to peanuts. Uh, at five months, and only um, 20% by 12 months. So we're not seeing this policy, or this this American Academy policy, integrated into practice, which we know is not uncommon, right? Yeah, it takes time. It does take time, Um, but um, it it would have a significant impact on uh, what we think, on the development of these allergies.
1: So it sounds like (coughs) from what you're saying that the American Academy of Pediatrics and the literature support, early introduction of peanuts um, or peanut-based foods and when do you start telling parents? Do you tell them at six months? Do you tell them before that? Do you tell them at nine months?
0: Um, I usually start with um, I try to try to keep them um, the introduction of food according to the policy four to six months Um, and that peanuts at about six months Um, and and what what you do see sometimes is a pushback from parents because they hear about this, especially folks who feel they may have a child who could be sensitive. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, you know, that they have a family member or good friends that have a peanut allergy. So there's this, you know, the pushback against the common um, feeling and belief and, and the practice. Um, but that's generally what we try to do in our practice is, is to introduce that.
1: Feeding in the first year of life is very much about a cultural belief and a mindset Absolutely. and very possibly what a grandparent who might live nearby <clears throat> might have to say. So things change. I remember a parallel 20 years ago when um, we were again pushing folks to stick with breastfeeding. and. And so many uh, grandparents were saying, you know, really, you need to think about getting that formula in there, or introducing milk sooner, or right, whatever. So yeah,
0: no, it, it is. Of course, I'm thinking about having been a labor and delivery nurse for years. You know, we, you know, back to sleep. Right. We, you know, you never put a baby on their back. I mean, that was that was. A, terrible they would aspirate right and so now you were fighting when you had all this data that no actually that's going to be safer unless SIDS right. you were fighting not only but you're fighting the providers and the nurses and who, you know so I it, this is a tough tough thing but when you realize that um, the um, increase in of course um, in some of the data I looked at the um, increase in peanut tolerance goes up, goes up as high as 85 to 95% in these kids uh, when they have the early introduction, you know, the thought of preventing this is such a great concept. So, and, and the thing that I find <clears throat> concerning, I mean, it's just typical of, of, of everything in, in healthcare, is that trying to introduce the data into practice. Um, can be such a, an uphill, uphill
1: battle. So, so just to recap, it looks like there's very good data and American Academy of Pediatric Support for the introduction of peanuts in all children at or by six months of age. Now, there are children with eczema by that age and that sort of thing. Any thoughts on, is, it, is there any value to aggressive skin testing of these children or um, uh, any other you know specialty referrals or blood work? Well, what, um,
0: what recently came out, there's an interim report that just came out in 2015 from the American Academy, and we're expecting something very soon from uh, a joint con- um, paper from the, the allergy and asthma folks and, and pediatrics with, a, with firm guidelines. But the interim basically says that there really is level one evidence that this is a positive thing to do, even with children who have known risks, such as eczema. Okay, um, what they do say is if you have a child, let's say with severe eczema, and or a, or a family history that is worrisome, that certainly those kids should be uh, either sent to an allergist for skin testing, or if you have a, a pediatric provider who's very comfortable with this concept, that they can do a, a food challenge in their office as long as they have the you know the requisite treatment. Right. Um, but what was interesting in the studies that i saw was that the skin tests weren't always predictive of of the allergy so there you are with you know is it 4 millimeters wheel is it 8 millimeters and then they said it was really only predictive in the study of the avoidance arm, not in the kids who'd been exposed. So again, we're going to have data or, or results on a test that's going to be equivocal and not really able to work on it. So I think there's going to be more information coming out, and I'm looking forward to the to the the guidelines because I think what we really need is, if we send a child to an allergist, you know what is the, you know what is the allergist going to be able to to give them as far as except it would be hopefully that they would do um, the exposure in their office uh, in, in the, you know that you'd have a little more um, expertise I guess in, in, in managing a, 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 exactly a if there was a problem. a reaction so sure. so um, I you know this is really from what I can see um, a um, a guideline that we should be really enforcing the one thing that did come out that was interesting in the literature they looked at there was a reassessment of the the um, the LEAP data, so there was a secondary analysis. Um, and what these researchers found, it was just published uh, this month, was um, that, the, um, that the age, we've been saying 4 to 6 months for introduction, or 4 to 11 months, that when they bre- broke it down and they looked at uh, the actual um, tolerance to peanuts, that there was actually increased tolerance between six and 11 months, that that was 95% probability of tolerance, whereas if you were four to six, it was, it was more of an 85%. And there does seem to be a sweet spot when you look at, you know, food allergies, that kids who are exposed to foods prior to four months tend to have a little bit higher allergy. So that, I think, is a very important thing for us to remember. And we know that that's cultural, Sure, you know. Grandma wants them to have a little rice cereal, he's a little, you know, got a little gas, put it in his formula or mix it with his breast milk, you know, so um, that's going to be probably an issue. But I think for us to think about, you know, really thinking about maybe those higher allergen foods not starting till six months, and I think that data will be incorporated in the guidelines.
1: And I think that that's being played out in other, other foods as well. We now have good data that shows that eggs should be introduced sometime right. between six and twelve months, and probably fish as well. Right. So, um, to summarize what we've, what we've discussed today, there's uh, an evolving bit of data around um, the frequency of food allergies and things we can do to try to mitigate them. Probably most importantly is if you've got a strong history of atopic disorders or eczema, introduction of peanut-based foods added around six months makes the most sense. Uh, maybe a few other things we used to delay as well within the six to 12 month frame. Um, and of course, trying hard to get parents to breastfeed, if not exclusively, a majority of the time through, through six months of age, probably going to lead to the best outcomes. Any final thoughts, Susan? Um, it's just, it's, it's a, an interesting thing as a provider because um, I think we,
0: we do bombard our patients with a lot of data that you know and things come in all the time and then sometimes we have to backtrack well oh, gee we thought this was a good plan but it wasn't so it's all about the relationship with the patient and and the trust that yep. they develop and so as to be as honest as possible and but this you know it goes back to prevention and I think that's really important is that we we want to prevent these kinds of things and just spending the time and developing the relationship with your with your family so that they can make those changes and or incorporate the data and, and see you as a trusted figure I think is really important.
1: Thank you very much, Susan. I really appreciate you coming in today. Uh, and thank you for listening today. This is Frank Domino from the University of Massachusetts Medical School on Prime Ed's, Frankly Speaking.